Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Still lots of hunting going on. You're inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We have December 18th and 19th. Either sex deer seasons are going on select DMZs around the state. And we'll continue in some right, right through the new year into January and February. South Zone and Coastal Zone. Duck and goose seasons are on. Now, in the coastal zone, you can get two Canada's elsewhere. It is just one Canada. Light and snow goose seasons continue. They're going to go on until February and a little, little bit of a break. Then the conservation order hits in. And rabbit and squirrel season still ongoing. But let's talk hunting by the numbers, as in ringnecks and bobwhites. The pheasant and quail stocking program resumes. Some numbers in our hot wildlife management, as we love to hunt these. We'll do better in some than the others. Some of these places, man, they are they are challenging. Kyers, this is for Tuesday the 21st and Thursday the 23rd. These are the numbers for ringnecks. Kyers Mills, 200 boat days. Howardsville, 50 boat days. Same with Manahawk and Medford, 80 boat days. The Forge, as in Stafford Forge, 160, 160. Dix, 130, 130. Nantuxent. Love that little place. 110, 110. Mad Horse, 90 and 90. Mad Horse down in Salem. That is, that is a challenging hunt. I'll give you that. Port Republic right there off the parkway. Exit 48. 50 and 50. Tuckahoe, 110, 110. Millville. Because of all those fields, it gets a lot of birds and still gets a lot of pressure. 340 and 340 and wins the 140 both days. For the Bobwhites, Greenwood and Peasley. 400 each both days. Still a lot of hunting opportunities. going to be another, after this, another two or three stocks. It goes till December 30th. Hey, get your money's worth on that $40 quail and pheasant stamp. Coming up a little later in the program, we're talking to South Jersey. Striper bite is still going on. We'll have Captain Scott Newhall, timeout sport fishing charters. But our next segment, Scott Bach, executive director of the New Jersey Association, rather New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs with that crazy legislation going on in Trenton Assembly and the Senate. He will give us a lowdown on, on, on assaulting law-abiding firearms owners. Grab that cup, grab that rebel, we'll be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Hi, this is Michael Strahan. Your support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital will make a real difference in the lives of children battling cancer and other life-threatening diseases. Because of your generosity, families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Give thanks for the healthy kids in your life and give to those who are not. Please donate now at stjude.org or give wherever you see the St. Jude logo. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You know, last week we had on Assemblyman Parker Space Republican 24th District up there on the spate of assembly bills. That were being just, just really just strangling the Second Amendment, the, the law-abiding gun owner. Well, that was canceled. It was moved to the Senate. And that's where the phone calls, faxes, emails, whatever you want to call and communication made a difference. So uh, we had some good news, some bad news. The good news is that that insidious, insidious safe storage bill that they backed off on that. Well, well, at least, you know, 
for now. We shall see. But I'll tell you, joining us on the line right now, give us a lowdown, is Scott Bach. He's the executive director of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, lawyer extraordinaire. He is the watchdog on this. Scott, thanks for joining us. He's also on the board of directors, National Rifle Association. Sorry, Scott, a lot of time, a lot of topics, rather. Time is short. Glad to have you on very short notice. Scott, good news, bad news, or just not as bad news? What do you think? Go. It's not as bad news, and, it, and by the way, it's great to be back. Um, so, listen, the dynamics are a little crazy about what's going on in Trenton right now, and let, let me first be clear, this is attack, an attack on both gun owners and sportsmen, okay? It impacts people who just own for personal protection or for collection, but it also impacts hunters. And listen, just huge picture, this is Murphy's swan song, you know, like this is his, his probably, hopefully his last big push on gun control, you know, while he's in office. And it's right now it's falling on its face. But the most important takeaway from all of this is there's not one bill in his package that he's trying to move here that would make anybody safer. There's not one bill that punishes gun crime or gun criminals. It's all about punishing law-abiding gun owners and the Second Amendment. Every single proposal in there is about infringing on gun owner rights, law-abiding citizen rights. Nothing impacts criminals. So what's going on big picture is, um, so there's this big package of bills. It it includes everything from a 50 caliber ban, which is not just the 50 BMG. It it impacts Mm -hmm. flintlocks, muzzleloaders, guns. Okay. Ammunition registration, um, micro stamping, which is basically a gun ban. If, if, if your gun doesn't, um, you, you can't own a gun that doesn't possess this technology. And what the technology does is it, it encodes the firearm serial number on every uh, piece of ammunition that's fired, okay, uh, on, the, on the primer cup. So um, uh, renewal, uh, fi- F- firearms ID cards that expire every four years, and you have to reapply. Uh, you know, there's people sometimes waiting for over a year just to get new credentials. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, at mandatory training. Now, nobody is against training. Okay, training is a good thing. But uh, the proper way to do it is to incentivize it, not mandate it as a condition of exercising a constitutional right. So, um, And then, of course, there's the infamous firearms so-called safe storage bill, which is really just a way <sighs> of... <sighs> Banning the Second Amendment inside your home, interfering with the, the direct right protected in the Heller case, the U.S. Supreme Court right. Heller case, which is the right to use a firearm or have a firearm for personal protection in the home, is gutted by this bill. And, and you know, one of the reasons why I want to spend a minute on it is it's one of the bills that ha- really had legs, had legs. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that it originally said in its original form is you got to keep your firearm locked up, unloaded, with the ammunition locked in a separate case. So imagine this. It's 3 in the morning. Okay, you hear glass break. Okay, you know, somebody's breaking into your, your, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. window. Okay, you have to now first get to your firearm, unlock, you know, punch in a code to unlock the safe. Um, You then have to get to your second lockbox, punch in another code or dial in another code to access your ammunition, you first have to load your firearm or load your, you know, the revolver or magazine. You have to insert the magazine. You have to rack the slide. Okay. By the time you're able to deploy your firearm, 
Okay, you're lucky if you're still alive. Okay, it, 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 the, the bill was absolutely insane and burdens the core right protected by the Heller case, which is the right to have firearms in the home for personal protection. Okay, and you, you cannot believe the legislative hearing on this, you know, the parade of anti-gun lawmakers who just talk about this as the greatest thing since sliced bread and Mm -hmm. the sponsor of the bill who just, you know, you know, was grilled by some of the Republicans on, on one of the legislative committees and just was like, well, you know, we think if it, you know, if it saves just one life, life, there we go. Okay. You know, but you like, we're worried about, you know, like, uh, you know, this particular person said, well, my, you know, the bill sponsor, well, my father was a police officer and he didn't, you know, this is how he stored his guns and ammunition and he didn't have a need. So why does anybody else? I mean, the ignorance was legion, but okay. So big picture, Tom, here's, here's what's happening. There were two bills. Okay. The assembly is kind of like the crazy house. (laughs) (laughs) Anything goes that, you know, that, you know, they, they rammed everything through committee. It didn't matter what the substance of the bills was. They just decided we're doing this. They jammed everything through in the Senate. There were only two of the bills posted. Okay. So, so in other words, that whole package has not been posted in the Senate. Okay, only two bills were originally posted, the firearms storage bill and a firearms registration bill for new residents of the state. Mm-hmm. And after gun owners, hunters, and sportsmen got through weighing in by the tens of thousands with legislators on right. safe storage, it was pulled from the agenda just a couple of days ago in the Senate. So there's only one bill as of now. Things can change. The situation's fluid. Right. But as of now, there's only one bill moving through the Senate, and that's a registration bill for non-residents. It, it, it has been amended significantly in its original form. It created a crazy double standard between sure. what existing residents have to do with their firearms versus new residents to the state. Now it's it's been made less bad, less crazy. It's still a bill we oppose. Absolutely. But, um, but it's, you know, one of them directly interferes with the Second Amendment, and that one as of now, appears off the table, and that is thanks to the efforts of tens of thousands of sportsmen. Um, So what we're looking at as of this moment, okay, on Monday in the assembly, the the full package is is being rammed through the full assembly. It's very likely to pass the full assembly. But so far, there's only one gun bill moving through the Senate. That means as of this moment, it looks like only one gun bill is going to move to the governor's desk, which... If that happens, you know, <clears throat> should be pretty embarrassing to our governor. <clears throat> you know, this mm-hmm. is his, quote, gun safety package. Okay. And again, it's really, I mean, it's just mind-boggling how this bill package is so targeted at honest people and just ignores gun criminals and gun crime. There's That's, no punitive yeah. measures for gun criminals. It's all mm-hmm. about... Your rights. It's all about the rights of law-abiding people and regulating them and putting them in a box and and you know collapsing the walls around that box. Well, 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 well Scott, you're getting me. I'm, I'm Okay, we're speaking you with Scott. Ba- words? Yeah, we're speaking with Scott Bach, executive director, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. Also sits on the board, National Rifle Association. Topic is the gun bills in the assembly, Senate, what have you. My mind's swimming here, Scott. 
But one question here, again, creatures of uh, like like Lou Greenwald, I mean, South Jersey, vehement anti-gun, anti-gun ownership, everything. I mean, and, and Murphy, knowing him as I do, a very vindictive person, wants to exact his two, three, four, five pounds of flesh. You know, even though it was a close election, he's just anti-sports and anti-gun. We know that. And even though he says, oh, this isn't about the Second Amendment, folks. This isn't about them. Yes, it is. Scott, do you notice the, the just the tenor of protecting the criminals' rights here instead of the rights of the law-abiding gun owner, the homeowner who wants to protect himself and his family? I mean, that well, just nauseates me. It's so obvious. There's nothing in the bill package that, quote, protects criminals. But if you look at the rhetoric, you know, that's generally good. that's going so, on, yeah. and not just in New Jersey, but also nationally, there is this weird movement toward ignoring criminal behavior, calling it something else, you know, mostly peaceful <laughs> protests, and, you know, yeah. you know, mostly peaceful arson, um, <laughs> you know, so so the target, listen, the big picture is becoming clearer and clearer every day. OK, this isn't about safety. This is about extinguishing the right of honest people to have firearms. And, I mean, and, you know, people used to look at me when I, like I was crazy when I used to say that years ago. But I, if you look at what's going on in the world, it's clear that that is the path for lawlessness is being greased really well. Scott, let me interrupt you a second. Some, or, uh, uh, counselor, you said this years ago on Rack and Fin Radio. I remember yeah. that saying. And I, I was like, you know, the guy's the guy's right. I mean, you're just following the progression. And here it is, come home to roost. It's just more evident now. That's yeah. the only thing. I mean, it, it's clear that there is, listen, there are forces trying to destabilize our society in general. How do you do that? You increase lawlessness. You attack law enforcement. You cut back on law enforcement. And here it is. Okay. Yeah. And, and here it is. And this bill is just, listen, the, the approach in New Jersey to, to banning guns hasn't really changed, but the, the motivations are more clear. Murphy gets out there, he talks about gun safety. This has nothing to do with gun safety, okay? Forcing you, micromanaging how people store firearms in their home, okay, for deployment in an emergency is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's a, it's, there is a laudable goal in there somewhere if you look hard enough, and that is, listen, the approach to safe storage should be, if it's really about safe storage, it should be about... Um, recognizing that one solution doesn't fit, you know, the 100-acre farm owner in Sussex County with the apartment, you know, the single-mom apartment dweller in Camden. Right. What you need is a general principle, and the general principle should be, listen, if you're a firearms owner, that's a serious responsibility. We task you to, make, to ensure that unauthorized persons do not get access to your firearms. You figure out the solution and then penalize it if you do, if you're, if you're careless. And if unauthorized persons, you know, aren't restricted from, from getting at your firearms, you know, we wouldn't argue with that. Nobody argues with that. But when you say, oh, we need to keep our firearms safe, so take your gun, basically some, put it in a cement <laughs> vault, okay, except when you're at the target range, okay, is just absurd, okay? And thank goodness we have the Heller case, which, I mean, listen, a, a lot of legislators are scratching their heads when we pointed this out. They're like, well, what are we doing here? But, you know, it's the party line. Mm -hmm. You know, we do what we're told by leadership. And, and it's, listen, it's crazy. Okay. It's really crazy. You've got all these proposals. It's, 
I'm just telling you at the bottom line of all of it, it's about restricting, it's about making firearms less available, less deployable, less usable to, to e- e- gradually erode and eradicate exactly private right. firearms ownership. Mm-hmm. I think for much larger nefarious purposes, it fits, it's a, it's a smaller piece in a much larger puzzle. And that puzzle is becoming more evident to those with eyes to see it right now. Exactly right. Scott Bach, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Radio. Scott's the Executive Director, Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, sits on the board of National Rifle Association and Counselor at Law. Scott, thanks much. Hope to have you on Rack and Fin Radio again. We'll keep uh, keep up with you on this, okay, brother? Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, so hey, much. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Same to you and your listeners. See you, brother. Bye. Bye. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio 95. With GMF approval excludes Corvette. 10000 minimum for your trade towards any pre-owned in stock. Bennett Chevy will pay you $10,000 for your vehicle no matter its condition or miles. This is our very best offer of the year. No games, no gimmicks, just 10000 minimum for your trade this month. Plus, Bennett selling new vehicles at MSRP, not one penny more. Stuck in a lease? We can get you out early. Every make, every model. There's absolutely no obligation and no pressure. Because our non-commissioned sales staff is paid on your satisfaction, not how much you spend. Let's recap. Bennett selling new vehicles at MSRP, not one cent over. Looking for pre-owned? Bennett's giving you a minimum ten grand for yours. That's a minimum $10,000 for junk. You can only imagine how much more we'll pay for a good quality trade. And there's absolutely no obligation and no sales pressure. With our non-commissioned sales staff paid on your satisfaction, not how much you spend. Find new roads at Bennett Chevy. Egg Harbor Township and BennettChevy.com. I'm Serena Williams. You watch me live on TV. And I'm that voice from movies you watch on demand. DirecTV Stream brought us together to save the world. Maybe not save the world, but DirecTV Stream does bring your live and on-demand favorites together. Your favorites together. I just said that. She just said that. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on-demand with no annual contract. Get your TV together at DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Spill the sauce? Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up spills and messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less than the leading ordinary brand. Who brought the sauce? I brought the sauce. Who made the sauce? I made the sauce. What's in the sauce? I am the sauce. Who brought the sauce? Okay. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Yeah, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of December 18th and 19th. Hey, man, old news is still good news. We're talking about the striped bass bite that is going on off the South Jersey coast and also still, still some activity in the back. All the way down, we're hearing reports from up as far as Barnicket Inlet. A little bit north, even Island Beach State Park. Clear on down through Stone Harbor Wild with Joe's on the line right now. He's on just a couple of weeks ago, but he is the, as I talk about 
hands, rod tips, whatever, on the pulse of the striper bite is return visit Captain Scott Newhall. Timeout charters there. Basin Obsidian sent me some photos of Tom P. I can't, I haven't seen striper fishing like this this late in the year in years. He's going to give us a little history on that and, and his opinion. What is happening? How long might this bite last? People, it's torrid. Okay, picky here, picky there. You're on him, man. You're on him. Whether you're trolling out front or dropping some little plugs in the back, bucktails in the back, shads in the back, the bass are still here, man, and they are like Tom P. at an Italian bakery. Hi, Scott. Sorry I get too excited. How you doing, Captain? <laughs> Yo, Tom P. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Scott. I talked to you the other night, and you were, you, listeners, Scott's, um, He's pretty even keel, pun intended, when it comes to fishing. Okay, it's here, it's there, it's good, it's not. He is excited about this bite. Scott, I had to tell you, your enthusiasm, man, you're bouncing off walls, bro. Tell us about this bite. It's been what, Scott? I remember maybe seven or eight years ago, you're saying as recently as five years, you haven't seen it this intense this late in the year. Well, you gotta love, you gotta love our, uh, the modern technology of our phones because you get the pictures that pop up. Five oh, yeah. Years ago on this day, <laughs> and it shows you a picture of what you were doing five years ago. Well, guess what? I've got other pictures of one year, two years, three years, four years, and guess what? There was no really, there's not a South Jersey ocean straight bass bite inside the line one, two, three, four years ago. Right. It was five, six, seven, eight years ago. We had those incredible bites and then we lost them. There were fish passing by, but they were passing by anywhere from 4 to 12 miles. Right. Scott, what do you think? I mean, there's plenty of bait coming down out here. Sand hills are popping up. Still plenty of bunker around, rainfish, whatever. It's uh, it's 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 crazy, Scott. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know me, Scott, I travel the coast up and down. I'm up and down, up and down. And I'm seeing just good to excellent fishing pretty much everywhere. Well, you said it, Tom. Um, we're blessed right now. Uh, when we spoke a couple weeks ago, we were on about day three of a strong South Jersey inside the line bite. Right. And you know what I mean by that? Not, mm-hmm. not, not, uh, you know, cat and mouse yeah. <laughs> bite. inside <laughs> the line. Like everybody is out there enjoying it. So I was like, day three. so we were saying, well, what's it going to do? What's it going to do? And sure enough, it's holding up. This is our Christmas gift. Come early, my friend. And yes, the bait, the bait is inside. It's uh, up against the beaches, out to two, two, two and a half, three miles. And there are bass from the beaches, just off the beaches. I said, right. sorry, surf casters. It's, it's, it's hit or miss on the surf casting. It, it is, but it is. But, uh, but, but there's, but there's still some good hits there. Sorry, Scott. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But we're, we're in a, you know, I'm pumped up. You, you got me going. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a boat captain's paradise right now in South Jersey, and we're talking from Cape May. Uh, up to Brigantine, LBI, all, all, all the areas of South Jersey, uh, Cape May County, Atlanta County, uh, it's hitting, it's happening and yeah. it's holding up. We've had, uh, 50 mile an hour wind is a kick for instance, uh, last Saturday, right? It was a blowout, right? So, okay. So all my buddies and I, all the charter captains, I know, well, is it going to move them? Is it going to, is it going to send them back? And is this it? Guess what? It didn't. And there's been a couple of those weather events. And they're sticking around. They are holding tight, and there's still fish all the way up to New York State right. and the Raritan Bay. And they're coming on the heels of these best. This is setting up to be our best year. And like I said, at least five. Scott, I had news last night uh, a blow up uh, going on Allenhurst, Asbury Park area, Long Branch, Elberon. And those fish are moving down. 
Scotty, do you see it going into now? The blisters in the back, you know, it closes December thirty first. Going back here and for looking for bass in the backs of Nunnaway after that until March first of twenty twenty two. Scotty, I see this going into the new year. Do you not? It certainly has potential. Yes, I I would predict that we have a bass bite in South Jersey into the new year. Yes, I'd actually, for that matter, it could be the whole state. Uh, but the bigger the bigger bass on the front end, and right now South Jersey is enjoying mixed size schools. So you can right. get anywhere from uh, a 20 inch fish on the troll to a 45 pounder. It's really fun. You don't know what's going to take the line. Scott, in your experience, uh, Tom P just a cycle. I don't, I don't know. What's Why do you think this is happening now? No complaints on this end. People I'm sort of getting messed up. Okay. You still got some deer hunt going on. You got duck hunt going on. Small game going on, whatever. The pickerel bite is furious. And, and then we got the stripers. Damn. <laughs> what do you think, Scott? What is it? You're right. The uh, deer hunters, the guys I know who love those eight pointers, they're 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 torn at the heart right now. Oh yeah, uh, I, gotta get, I gotta get my buck. I got I gotta get my buck. Like dude, there's forty pounders right here. Um, <laughs> That's right. Too much fun. So, man. Uh, uh, why do I think? Well, you 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 alluded to it a moment ago. You have the bait, so there is bunker. There is herring, uh, close to the beach. So that's a, a major draw. You also have uh, very moderate water temperatures. They're not too cold yet, and they haven't dropped precipitously. And what I mean by that is it didn't go – it's not going from 52 degrees to 45 in a week. It's my, – my observations in the past have been when you get like a 5, 6, 7-degree drop and it happens over a 10-day period, those fish scurry much, much quicker. When you have a slow, very gradual drop in water temperature – they hang around a lot longer, so you have you have that factor, and then you have um, uh, when's the next? Uh, you have the new and the full moon, and that is a big determiner when they migrate. But you have so many fish coming from the north that are in a more gradual fashion. Right. That even when they when they do push south, there's more fish coming, coming behind in. them. The, again, listeners, it seems that right now this is the epitome of nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, bass are moving out. More bass are moving in. Scott, well, now we have the full moon, what, uh, Friday night, Saturday night. We have the full moon now. How does that auger for the uh, for the fish? I mean, they're, they're still going to eat, no? I mean, I, I know the full moon, it gets tough fishing conditions, water, especially in clear water, the bass feeding out and down, whatever. But what do you think? I don't think it'll affect the bite one little bit. If anything, if it affects anything is uh, if you're jigging, you might have to drop a heavier Ava jig because your boat's going to drift faster. If you're, if you're trolling, it might affect... Uh, the current going one way or the other, but I've over the years I make a point to notice when the new or the full moon, the day of, and the fish eat. They they right. eat. It does not stop the bass from eating. No way. Listen, this is the old news. Is still good news. Something to rock and fin radio. And the topic is the striper bite. That again, it's going to end. We realize that, but Tom P gets too excited. He's too. I'm, I'm five years old at heart. This is going to go into the new year. If the stars align, cards, player cards that should go in into the new year. Scott, now, trolling, again, the jigging. I know some guys getting them from the surf on the plugs. Plenty of bait moving down. Your pro Oh, by the way, Scott, talk to some guys, again, up in that Allenhurst, Asbury area that were trolling tubes, okay, on their umbrella rigs. Tom P., they're spitting up sand eels. Guys sent me photos. You know, they have so The sand eels are coming down as well. That's eating, that, that's adding even more fuel to the fire, correct? Correct. So you can literally have the bunker schools and the sand eel schools in the same uh, 
acreage of water, I guess you could say. And so if the bunker bite is off or it dissipates um, and you're no longer getting them on the bunker imitations, you're, you're, you're trolling spoons on wire, you're, your mojos, your, your giant shads, your, your, any kind of casting that uh, falls apart throughout the outing. Now you might want to target your sand deal bite. Now it's a, generally it's a smaller fish. You're going to get more of the throwbacks to fish right. in the mid thirties in the sand deal. But it, this is very important to the listeners who are learning their uh, sounders. You got to learn what you're looking at on your depth finder bunker at big pods of bunker look entirely different than sand eels, which are usually little dot, 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 and they're also mm -hmm. higher in the water column. They might be right below the surface, right. and your bunker right. come anywhere from the top to the bottom. What's really cool is when you start deciphering the actual striped bass eating the bait, and you see it on your sounder. You, you can see the, the blip of the striper, the mark, right. and it's right <laughs> behind bait. And you're sitting there saying, all right, here, the rods are going to go off. The rods are going to go off. It's so cool. So you got to learn those sort of nuances, and then you get better, and then you can decide what you're going to put out in the water. Captain Scott, we're up against a heartbreak. Can you hang in for one more quick segment, please? Oh, absolutely. Okay, Captain no Scott, no all-time out charters. Hey, people, old news is good news. Get out for those bass, because this is one year with some high class. It's going to go into 2022. Grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Central NATO. A federal appeals court overturned a lower court's ruling and reinstated President Biden's vaccine mandate for companies with 100 employees or more. Judge Jane Strange ruling the mandate falls under OSHA's congressionally approved authorities to ensure workplace safety. Opponents say the policy is a backdoor effort to force the population to get vaccinated. And multiple emergency petitions have already been filed at the Supreme Court in Washington. Sean Lanchel, Fox News. Some heartbroken tourists in New York City last night after the Radio City Rockettes announced they're ending their season early. This is our senior trip. We flew up here from Georgia. We came from Virginia, so it's a long ride. It's just a long way to come to be disappointed. The World Health Organization reports the Omicron variant of COVID is now in 89 countries. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Today, a little rain in the morning, otherwise cloudy and cooler. High 51. Tonight, occasional rain and drizzle, low 40. Tomorrow, breezy with decreasing clouds, high 46. Tomorrow night, mainly clear skies and cold, low 25. And Monday, plenty of sun, high 42. I'm Aki Weathers, Alexa Weisberg on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Here we go, look out below, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of December 18th and 19th, Captain Scott Newhall, timeout charters. We're talking the prolonged striper bite that is happening along the South Jersey and also going north into uh, it's, it's, uh, Central Jersey. In fact, as Scott said... Skipper Scott's had time to roll away up and rarity base still. But Scott, what I want to get into you now, back to the, back to the sandals for a second, a little bit of a non sequitur. And a shout out to Captain Tudor Slam Rick Saloon up there on out of, he's out of, I think, Forked River. 
He had Bluefin, Scott, the week before last. I think, no, I think it was maybe Monday or Sunday or whatever. Had the video all around the boat. Scott, big fish. And he was only a few miles out. And they couldn't get him. The bike couldn't figure out what it was. He got it close. The fish were right there. Scott, little sand eels, maybe pinky length. And they had nothing on the boat to match that. He said Tom P. had to see it. You really can't see everything too clear on a video. Tuna all over the place on the sand eels. Man, everything likes those little buggers. You got that right. Those bluefin, oh, they torture you. You sit there and look at them. They're jumping out of the water all around. Right. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually taken out uh, uh, the heavy gear with me for striper trips uh, at internationals, heavy spinning reels, uh, the uh, Pen Slammer 6500 loaded up with braid, ready to cast, uh, having a plug on there. Uh, yeah, the, you, we're talking about yeah, it's a good segue here. I mean, we're talking about the uh, this epic South Jersey uh, – Straight bass bite. However, the statewide, the entire state of New Jersey, these bluefin could pop up anywhere, and they have been. The central Jersey has been kind of more of their epicenter. Right. And the, the bluefin fishery is starting to turn into uh, one that's around half half the year. I mean, wow, they're pop. They get up here, they get going in what, late June, and we're Christmas time. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's got well. Actually, the 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 giant bite started in late what mid April, and they shut it down May eleventh because that many were being caught. But it seems Manasquan shark were varying there, Scott. Anywhere from half mile to a couple of miles off the beach, like you said, that is the epicenter for the bluefin. But let's get back to the bass, Scotty. Tactics now. I want to touch in the back because still have a few days. We have let's see, eight, a week. We have seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13 days left to, to fish them in the back in the inlets and in the back bays. But out front, Scott, trolling your modus operandi primary and what's your backup? Go. Okay. So the first thing is, uh, you want to find the fish. You're on the water. Do not put gear in the water. Keep moving till you find you're marking either stripers. And if you're not marking them, you're seeing the birds go down on the bunker. Or the sand eels. Find something worthy of deploying your gear. When you get there, then you then you um, 100% lock and load are your umbrella rigs. Uh, I use them from uh, Blue Water Candy Lures, Niners, whatever company you choose. They will work. Those umbrella rigs are deadly. Uh, you know, they're more cumbersome, so a lot of guys don't want to use them, and I totally get that your mojos if you are in a bunker situation mojos are uh primarily to imitate your your bunker and your herring mm -hmm. so the mojos if you're in a bunker uh bait situation and then uh you know you're matching the sand eels and the sand eels are your umbrella rigs but with the little sand eel the tubes uh, imitation yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tubes you know, or sand eel imitation i was just gonna ask you scott shad's or tubes again, predicated on on the the forage that's below, what the what the stripers are chasing. But Scott, on the shads, on the tubes, colors seem to make a difference because I've seen I've been on boats where they wouldn't, for example, red tubes wouldn't touch them. It was all green tubes or black tubes. Vice versa, shads white, bang, uh, chartreuse, nothing, and then vice versa. It's it's uh just be willing to change, correct? Yeah, you have to be willing to change. I always have white. White is right. Green, oh, green. can you say that? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, talk about fishing here. Okay. And, uh, 
Um, yeah, you always you always have to be ready with the white. You have to be ready with the chartreuse, the green. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of the shads, and they come from major, major manufacturers, and they almost have like a yellow look to them, but they're chartreuse. They, they tear them up. Uh, some of these other companies, they make all kinds of tiger stripes and, and right. the pearl, the pearl colors. They all work, honestly. I, I haven't been out there where, uh, you know, not where something's just not getting hit. But interestingly enough, it, it, it's a curious, a curious observation is let's just say you're trawling four rods or, and, uh, and you have four, different colors out there and this and you catch 10 in a row and they're on the same rod every time is it where the rod is is it the water calm is it what is it but you notice it well then change to that color whatever it may be it, it has happened mm-hmm. before i mean i have seen that take place um also after you get your fish for your uh, uh christmas eve dinner or you Christmas dinner. yes we are talking fresh striped bass for the holidays <laughs> So after you get your your meat on the troll, because you might want to make sure you get it, then you can play around jigging. The jigging bite's fantastic. Your dad's braid lures, your your Ava jigs. Just make sure you get them down the bottom. You know, you jig up, right. let it flutter down. They, they grab it on the fall. Uh, flutter spoons have become a monster throughout New Jersey. Everybody's loving the flutter spoons. Um, so you have that, and have a surface plug rigged up, some uh, some kind of popper. So. It's a lot of fun. You don't have to stay on that troll right now because these fish are coming up and down, and they are schooled up enough where the jig bite, the jig bites there. I, you know, one thing I'm not a fan of, and well, let me let me throw this out. I got some vicious tendonitis in both elbows from jigging, but um, trying to force the jig, the jig, or force an application, uh, say a, a plug application or a jig application. When the fish are spread out, it's not my thing. That's when you make sure you're on the troll. So if you get into fish that are tight, by all means, enjoy plugging, enjoy jigging. It's when they spread out. You definitely want to make sure you go on the troll. You'll, you'll right. catch 20 fish, uh, a 20 to 2 or 3 ratio doing that. What? I guess some people hate trolling. I I personally like catching fish. Right. But uh, I want to catch. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and try to do something in vain after, you know, 10 a.m. Sometimes this stuff can break up and the fish will spread out for a little while. There you while go. Right. Back Scott, let me ask you this question. We're speaking Captain Scott Newhall, timeout charters base there in Obsequian. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, Scott, well, well, one stupid question, but no question is stupid. Well, yeah, it's, it's Tom P's asking it. Shads or tubes, different speeds for either bait on the troll? No, but it's interesting. You have more drag from the shads. You're right. going to have more. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we start talking about physics here, you're going to you're going to see your rod buckle more. You don't want to use um, really lightweight lightweight uh, rods and reels. You want a, a nice uh, drag capacity. I use the Pen Fathom 30s, and I'm on a Pen Rampage rod. There's there a umbrella mm-hmm. rig. Uh, really, really. They they put a lot of drag. Now you add a bass to it, and when you're using Tom, when you're using umbrella rigs, once in a while those things that might catch a hook in the dorsal by accident, and so things aren't coming up as perfect as you may want them to. So he's kind of going sideways like a mahi mahi. Right? And what is up? I 
I got a hook in my mouth. Now I got one in my chin. <laughs> and then what, Scott? I've seen double headers. Yeah, exactly. That's that's crazy. You, you want stout gear for this? And mm. uh, I, 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 you know, when you get into this when you're younger and the first time, you might try this, you might try that, and you find out real quick that you might lose a whole umbrella if you're trying to go out there with too light a braid. And by the way, I'm. I would suggest 50-pound braid, 65-pound braid. I use the Berkley X9, and I also have rods with uh, the Spiderwire Blue Camo. But, right. you know, whatever your whatever your favorite braid is, I, just don't go light on it. You have a lot going on out there between the drag of the umbrella rig. And, and then, like you said, I, two weeks ago, I had three bass on 10 times <laughs> oh, oh. So, on, on one umbrella. Mm-hmm. Kevin's got one thing uh, we neglected to mention. I don't know if there's still a player in the game. I know some guys use them from sizes one to four. Bunker spoons players now as much as the shads or as much as the tubes? Yes, they are. The uh, the number four uh, bunker spoons, I use the Majus. Um, they work for me. Uh, that's a go-to. If, if the bite is a slower bite, I use two spoons out on the wings out of the outriders and then i run an umbrella or two down the middle mm -hmm. off of a, a off of a heavy drill i mean heavy like anywhere from a 10 to 16 ounce drill so i want my two rods going down the middle my two uh presentations my offerings down the middle i want them deep and closer to the boat because mm -hmm. the spoons are out on wire and they're just a ton of line out there and i let those right. out let's just say um let's just say i'm two miles out for example so in south jersey two miles out it's about 45 feet of water and um i'm gonna have about 300 feet of wire out there so i want my gear whether it's the mojos or the umbrellas that i'm running down the middle i want them nowhere near that wire and i've gotten very dialed in to keeping them apart when I hook up, and this, this is perfect, I'm glad we're talking about this. When I hook up, I do not go neutral. I keep it in gear at, wow. on the lowest setting, just above neutral. So what that does, it keeps all the other lines out there, and your your boat's not going crooked, and the, you're not getting all the slack because of slack and wire. Well, that, that can ruin your wire. Everything can fall to the bottom, get foul hooked and snagged. That's where the tangles come. So just go not neutral, just above neutral, and get to work. Get to work on on the on the fish, and everything else will stay. It's all paid out, staying where it belongs out there. And the other thing is, you might get uh, multiple hookups. There you go. Oh, Scott, let's transition now to the back. We're speaking Captain Scott Newhall, timeout, Charles. The back is still a viable place for striper, Scott. I saw one caught the other day. In fact, it was Wednesday. No, I'm sorry, it was Thursday. Thursday. 28, almost 29 inches on a shout out to Tsunami again, one of the little bunker pattern sheds right there, right by Barnegat Inlet, inside, inside the inlet, Scott, keeper bass, got a nice photo and a whole bit, but there are still bass in the back. If you were going to fish them, Scott, your approach. Approach would be my approach. The Scott Newhall approach would be a live spot. Oh, if you can uh, get them. <laughs> I mean, you, I, it, isn't Dave down there? He's like the the best babysitter of spots in the history of the earth. He's, he's <laughs> he, 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 I think he reads those guys, those spots, uh, nursery rhymes and Christmas stories at night to pump them up. 
<laughs> I mean, hey, hats off to any tackle shop that's carrying live spots because if they have, let's just say they get a 50 mile hour wind and you have a power edge, they got to run generators sure. and everything else. It's no joke for those guys. They have a big investment in their live bait, and if power goes out in the middle of the night and they don't go get everything going, mm-hmm. they'll lose all their bait. I think, I, I do think customers forget. That they're, it's not just a, an initial overhead. They they do. Yep. I mean, I'm using the the verb babysit, but they do have to babysit them. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I would I would take a live spot. I would look for structure, drift it along a side bag, um, or on a falling tide. You would have these inlets have rips, no doubt. You're talking about. Uh, you mentioned Barnegat. Barnegat Inlet is prime time if you're willing to go out to the end of the jetty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocks extend out. You'll always see boats there, and there's a reason they catch right there. So they're right where the inlet meets the ocean. That is as good a spot as you'll find for. I don't. It's not back bay, but it's kind of. It's like right. not ocean. Uh, what do we call that? We call that inlet. So um, that's as good as it gets. Scotty, ditto. If, if I can interrupt for a second, down there, Sea Isle Avalon, but there's there, there's some. We caught some nice fish down that way as well. And inside Corson's Inlet, back under the Rush Chatton Bridge this time of year. So they're, 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 they're still down here, man. Bridges. Phenomenal and often overlooked spots. In, and generally speaking, every town and every inlet have bridges. South Jersey is loaded with bridges because uh, all the tourists coming in all summer mm-hmm. long. But the bass hang on the lee side of the uh, of the icebreakers and and the and the the big concrete uh pillars uh, thank you for bringing up bridges uh, that that's a year round spot 12 oh, yeah. months of the year you can find striped bass on bridges and then at night some of these bridges have lights and guys get real territorial they don't like to talk about it, but those lights <laughs> are only, oh, yeah. only bass at night and they're hanging right outside the the um the brightness of the light shining on the water, and and there, if you throw any kind of small presentation, uh, like a DOA uh, shrimp or something like that, good night, lights out. Lights out, exactly. Pun intended. Scott, listen. Before I let you go, we're against a hard break here. Your opinion, Scott? Again, you've been on the water a long. Young guy, listeners will compare to me. Again, I told Jesus how to cast net, but <laughs> Scott, on the on the overall, your opinion, the striper numbers seem to have maybe because they're in close. Maybe they've always been like that the past years. Seem to have exploded. The conservation efforts, someone was saying, oh, Tom P., maybe it's the new regulations. That's only one. It hasn't even been effect a full year yet. The numbers seem to be just burgeoning, Scott. Your opinion on that is a phenomenal thing. Does it look to grow in the future? What's your deal? The the new the new limits where in New Jersey you can only uh, keep 128 to right. 38, you know, minus, minus a bonus tag, are going to have uh, terrific results long term but you just said it i think they can't do it in one year so now you have to harken back to well look at these numbers we have fish from the chesapeake bay all the way up to uh long island still Mm -hmm. i mean they're catching big cows in the chesapeake that uh uh, were out in front of the run i don't think this is just opinion here you know and everybody, (laughs) opinions opinions are right we got it everybody got got one um so uh, I don't think the sky was ever falling. Maybe we're not at at the peak we were uh, 10, 15 years ago, the 2000s. Um, we're, not, we're not there, 
but we're also not in, in my opinion, like, oh my gosh, there's going to be no more stripers in a panic situation. Cause you meet people that, that talk that way. And they, often those folks are ones that where the migration has shifted. For example, it's unfortunate that the Delaware Bay, um, the chunk bite's not what it was. However, the ocean bite, where you go right out of Cape May, is off the hook incredible. Exactly. So, right, right. so things, uh, things biologically and nature change, and there's winners and losers in that. So if you're on the, lo- if you're on the losing side of that, you're like, man, they must be crashing. If you're on the winning side, you might be saying... It's never, it's never been better, right? Exactly. Right. So I, I'm kind of a, <laughs> a, a moderate on the striped bass population, but I don't... I, with the limits in place, with one one fish per person, so many people are trolling them, uh, which trolling the mortality rates next to nothing. You have rules in place that are going to uh, not... Uh, they, they're promoting uh, less less gut hooks. We have the circle and, hook mandate, yes? Mm-hmm. I, I think the effort would be more in uh, what would really help the strippers the most is uh, if you're really, really into it, is that the one thing you can't, the one thing that destroys fisheries are, are those giant nets that they circle them up or, you know, you got some crazy stuff that goes on in North Carolina with <laughs> guys yeah. you're taking gill nets off the beach and everything that swims by gets killed. If you eliminate those sort of things that kill all the cows, and in the Chesapeake they have hidden nets underwater, and the, you know the conservation officers got to do some real cloak and dagger hunting for these guys. Sure. If you get if if you get those things out of the system, does uh, nets kill everything? I mean, we get a choice, and I'm not saying, and I don't want to be preachy like recreational fishermen haven't done their damage. I mean, we we we're stakeholders, and you know we we right. certainly have killed, killed our share with snag trebles over the years. But we're getting we're getting better as a group with that. But if you could take like a high grading situation out of play, where you know you have these boats off North Carolina, they net their quota of fish, and they're twenty pounders, but then they run into a school of forty pounders, so they dump the twenty pounders. Mm-hmm. Um, right. If you can get rid of those kind of acts, and I don't mean uh, uh, rules with loopholes, but but really, really eliminate that kind of wasteful fishing, greedy fishing. If you get rid of that, and those fish get to spawn as they're supposed to, bingo. Yeah. I, I mean, really, Tom, this this fishery is sound and safe. I mean, it's it's really, really going to go. I, I can't see a crash. Uh, things are good, and they could become even better. Well said. Captain Scott Newhall, Timeout Charters. Give that uh, website and phone number, please. Timeoutfishingcharters.com and 609-385-3729. Captain Scott, before I let you go, have a lovely Melissa and the boys. Michael Benjamin and Alexander Scott Newhall. They're pumped up. Pumped up for Christmas there, kids. <laughs> there you go. Scott, you take care, man. See you on the water, brother. Thank you, Tom P. Take care. Thank yep. you. Long night segment. Be right back. Rag and Fin Radio. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose. Heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. 
Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Absecan Veterinary Hospital on New Road in Absecan is always looking out for your family's health and the health of your pets. Here's a pet health tip from the staff at Absecan Vet. Hi, this is Dr. Rachel Scotland, and I would like to talk to you about feline urethral obstruction, also known as blocked cats. This condition occurs in male cats when they are unable to urinate due to a buildup of crystals, mucus, and spasms. When cats can't urinate, they lose the ability to get rid of the toxins in their body, which quickly makes them very sick and can be fatal. If you notice your male cat in and out of the litter box, crying or vomiting, it is time to get him to your veterinarian immediately. There are treatments available for this condition, but time is of the essence. Absec and Vet is open every day from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. To schedule a wellness checkup for your pet, call 609-646-7013 or check out all that Absecan Veterinary Hospital has to offer your pet at absecanvet.com. That's absecanvet.com. You're always up for some fun with the family, so you order the essentials, a new board game, some baking supplies, and even a new projector for outdoor movie night. And with the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase to up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Rewards which you can put toward an extra treat that everyone will enjoy, like an old-fashioned popcorn machine. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding and apply now. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation. You know when you order a new video game, or a golf club, or a blender, and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at Home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable lossy dealer for details. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And that is it for this week on Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Get out there and enjoy. So the weather's a little gnarly. So when it's winter, you got to expect that.